Good morning again. I know I haven't been up here for a while. Um, glad to see so many faces here this morning. A couple of new faces I don't recognize. Welcome to Morning Hour Chapel. A couple of you that were <laughs> here when I wasn't here um, and got to meet you this morning. Um, but before we get started, I'm going to ask Dave if he would come out with the, uh, the handheld microphone. And I'd like to ask if there's anybody who would like to stand up and give thanks to God for something this morning. God has given so much to us. He has provided us with so much. He has given us so much. And I uh, want to give you the opportunity to stand up before the congregation and uh, thank God for something that is going on in your life or has happened uh, or is happening right now. I'm going to send Wendy around with the, uh, with the microphone, so... You don't have to be intimidated by me. You can just stand next to her and you won't look as pretty, but it's okay. Anyone? Man, this comes every year and everybody seems surprised by it. Come on, everybody. Oh. <laughs> oh, we got two. There we go. I'm thankful this morning not only for my family, but for also my faith family here in this church. Uh, since we've you know, joined the church, we've just felt really warmly embraced, and um, you know, that, that's a blessing from, from God. So we're so thankful for everything that, that you all have done for us and uh, for our family. Yeah, I'm thankful for uh, family, friends, my job, um, you know, being able to support my family and, and all that. So. What's wrong, Eric? <laughs> oh, he's, she's going to come around. Here she comes. Eric, I know you have something to be thankful for. Well, I'm thankful for my mom, my dad, and my grandma, and I'm also very thankful for my basketball team. Eric just got on the basketball team at school. Yeah. Now, since Wendy has the microphone, she should probably say something, too. <laughs> Man, she ignores me here just like she ignores me at home. This is great. I love it. In addition to being thankful for family, for the church family, um, we're all called by God to serve where we are in life. And he has uniquely positioned me to work with 1,200 high school students on a daily basis. And it's a very high calling, one that I don't take lightly. And until I don't feel that it's a calling that he has for me, I'll continue to serve diligently. Um, but I've learned in my 20 years of education <laughs> that uh, you can never really be prepared to work with middle school and high school students until you do it. And uh, it's a it has to be a calling. You can't just wake up one day and think you want to work with, with um, high school and middle school students. It's, it's got to be a calling. Um, but that's what I'm really thankful for this season. I'm thankful for Jesus and what he did for us on the cross. 
and I'm really thankful that he's coming back again. And the older I get, the more I look for that. <laughs> I'm thankful that although Tim and I have had some health struggles lately, we're getting some good news from the doctors. So yay. You know, just looking around, uh, there's a lot, we've come here for quite a while. I came here as a small child. Uh, the Stoner family picked me up, brought me here. Of course, then I, when I was 13, 14, 15, I didn't need to, I didn't think I needed to come here anymore. <laughs> but uh, we found our way back to this church. A lot of the faces are still the same, but I'm thankful for the new families that are here and have stepped up to help out. And, they're, they, and I'm glad to hear that you feel comfortable being part of this church. Uh, I feel comfortable being part of this church. I love to know that, maybe not right now, but that I can name everybody that's sitting here. And I love that feeling. And, uh, and I'm just so thankful that, that everybody's stepping up to help one another. And uh, just uh, thank that you're part of Morning Hour Chapel. I'll piggyback on that. So I'm thankful for you all. If you don't know me well, you probably don't know that I'm an extreme introvert, which is why he likes to bring me out of my shell all the time. But I don't like to go places, and so, but I like coming here. And so that's a huge testament to, to everyone here and, and just how kind and caring everyone is and how welcoming. And so I just am thankful um, to call Morning Hour Chapel our, our home and thankful for each of you. All right, last chance, going once, going twice. Oh, I knew Dean would come in at the last second. Um, also thankful for my family, for my health and everything. Thankful for my church family here. Um, before I was born, my parents didn't come here, but they were in the neighborhood. They knew a lot of the neighbors that did come here. And um, growing up in my earlier years, um, had an older lady at church here who's no longer with us, but with God now. Um, she said, you don't realize how much of an answer to prayer you are. I said, what? And she said, and I realized um, after my brother died in birth back in 53, um, mom and dad, it took them a long time to get pregnant with me and uh, another 14 years. The people here in this church prayed for mom and dad and um, then, you know, mom became pregnant with me and, um, the doctors told her that, um, you know, you almost died having your first child. You ain't going to make it through this one. You better just terminate the pregnancy. Mom said, I want a baby. I'm going to have a baby. And if it kills me. And again, the people of this church prayed and, um, it's by the grace of God that I'm here today. Thank you. All right, well, I pray that you all are thankful for the things that God has done because God has done everything for us. Um, but this Thursday, people across the country will be celebrating Thanksgiving. And, of course, we celebrate with our family. We celebrate with our friends. Some people who don't live close to their family have Friendsgiving. Anybody heard of Friendsgiving? Um, 
So uh, we'll celebrate with uh, food and drink, and we'll celebrate with parades, and we'll celebrate with football games, and we'll celebrate with post-dinner naps. Um, anybody take a post-dinner nap? I remember being a boy, I was so excited for all the food that my mom was cooking, and she'd be up at like 5 o'clock in the morning, and you could smell, by 6 o'clock, you could smell the turkey, and you could smell the, the onions, and the sausage, and the celery, and everything cooking up for the, for the stuffing, and all of these things, and I never understood why she didn't look excited as I was. <laughs> that we were going to be having all of this good food. And I go, what's wrong? And she said, nothing's wrong. I need to get out of my kitchen. <laughs> but she did look excited for that post-meal nap. Um, after we got everything cleared up, she, she would go and she would just lay down and, and she would kill us if we woke her up. So we all would go out and play outside. But uh, the first Thanksgiving, as, as we know it, wasn't called Thanksgiving then. It was just simply a gathering of people. Um, who wanted to celebrate a successful harvest. And it was the uh, Wampanoag tribe and 52 settlers of Plymouth Colony. Um, and they got together, and this is a, an artist's rendition of that, that first Thanksgiving. Not as many people in there as, as there should be, but um, they just wanted to get together and they wanted to, to just celebrate that God had given them enough food to survive for the winter. And we, don't, we, we, we can't conceive of that today. We're going to thank God for enough food to survive through the winter, and we have refrigerators and freezers full of food. And, but they wanted to celebrate, and they wanted to pray to God in thanksgiving that they had enough. And, of course, as history went on, as the federal government was founded, various Thanksgiving proclamations have been made by Congress, by the, United, uh, by the President. But throughout history, we have given thanks to God for the things that God has done for us. And we read in uh, Psalm 100, verse 4, Enter his gates with thanksgiving, and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless him his name. And Colossians 3.17 tells us, whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Whatever we do, we should be thankful to God the Father. And we've spent a lot of times in, in, in the book of James this fall, and we're going to be taking a little break from James as, as Advent uh, begins next week, and we're talking about Thanksgiving today. But James really kind of was taking the church to task a little bit uh, for not doing everything in the name of Jesus Christ. They were doing a lot of things in their own name, and they were doing things sometimes in the name of Jesus that weren't pleasing to God. But we're supposed to do everything in Jesus' name. That means that we are representing Christ in all that we do. We're called to be ambassadors. And that's what the Bible calls us. They call, they, it calls us our ambassadors for Christ. And ambassadors represent their lands to foreign countries. So as ambassadors of Christ, we are representing the kingdom of God to people who don't know and don't live in the kingdom of God. And we're supposed to do everything to share our culture and work toward peace between our countries. We are supposed to share the cross of Jesus Christ. 
We're supposed to represent Christ in our work and in our school and in our play. And this is what we are called to do because we want non-believers. We want people who are not part of the kingdom of God to know what God offers to them when they come to repentance. We have life to offer in Jesus' name. We have love to offer in Jesus' name. We have joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, all of these things we offer to the world in Jesus' name if we are living according to Jesus' teachings, according to the Word of God in the Bible. And we have these gifts of the Holy Spirit that He gives to each of us. Everybody has a different gift. I have gifts of teaching. Paul has gifts of farming. Renee has gifts of trying to take all of our finances and make sense of them for the church. All of us have these different gifts. Eric has the gift of basketball. And he gets to share that gift, but he wants to share that gift in Jesus' name, representing Jesus Christ to his team members, people who don't know who Jesus is. I want to represent Jesus Christ to my students at school, just like John does. He wants to represent Jesus Christ in a way that is meaningful, in a way that shows those students this is who God is. This is what God has done for you and will do for you. And it's a challenge. Because John's not allowed to just get up and hold an assembly and tell people about Jesus. He has to show people who Jesus is. You have to show people who Jesus is in your life. That's how we represent. And that's why we should thank God for the blessings and the gifts that He gives us because He gives us the opportunity to do those things, to share those things. Now, I don't usually preach sermons on giving here at Morning Hour Chapel. I think in, in, in the five years I've been here, I, I've talked about giving once. And it's simply because we are a giving church. Every time you're asked to give, you do. And so I've not found it necessary to talk about giving as far as telling you to give. You're already giving. But sometimes I think we get used to the idea of giving and it almost becomes rote. It almost becomes just this habit that we don't think about anymore. Yeah, we put our money in the offering or we put our money in easy tithe. We, we do the boxes at Christmas. We do the angel tree at Christmas. If there's food that needs to be gathered, we gather the food. But I think a lot of times we just think, well, that's just what we do without thinking about why. And without thinking not only of what we are providing for others, but of what God is providing us through our giving. And this morning I want to talk just for a few minutes about how our giving can create in us more thankful hearts. Because when we give something to somebody, they say thank you. They're thankful. But are we thankful? When we give to other people? I think a lot of times we don't think about that. But in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, the Apostle Paul talks to the congregation of the Corinthian church about their giving. 
And they have made this decision that they're going to give to uh, Paul's and uh, others' ministries. And they've, they've written letters and they're saying, we're, we're, when you come here, we're going to have some, some gifts for you so that you can continue your ministry. And Paul is really pleased about that. But Paul wants to kind of instruct them before he comes and give them a request. And in 2 Corinthians 9.5, he says, So I thought it necessary to urge the brothers to go on ahead to you and arrange in advance for the gift you have promised so that it may be ready as a willing gift, not as an exaction. So in this case, the church has said, yes, we're going to give you a gift. And Paul says, you know what? Let's, let's do all of the giving ahead of time before we get there. And he calls this... Uh, unwilling gift and exaction. And the word exaction here um, is a term that's tied to greed. And it's a term that's tied to covetousness. And what Paul is saying is, do me a favor. Collect whatever you're going to collect. Put it aside. And then give whatever it is that you've collected. What Paul doesn't want to happen, he doesn't want people to be influenced by his presence. He doesn't want people to be, uh, even give them the opportunity to think, oh, this Paul, he's greedy. He's covetous. He wants us to give more than we're willing to give. And he's going to come and he's going to preach a big sermon about giving and he's going to try to force us to give more and more and more. He doesn't want that to happen. He wants their giving to be based on how they feel God is calling them to give. He doesn't want their giving to be about him. He wants their giving to be about God. He wants their giving to be about the mission. What do you believe about the mission of building the kingdom of God? Pray about that. Think about that. And then give according to what you and God decide. Don't be outside influenced into giving. And he goes on, he brings this uh, to a head in uh, 2 Corinthians 9, 6, and 7. He says, the point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly and not under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And we have heard that expression, if we've been in church, God loves a cheerful giver like forever. And unfortunately, a lot of times we hear that in a sermon that's basically saying, you're not giving enough, give more. And we really don't care if you're cheerful about it or not. But that's not what Paul is calling us to, and it is not what God is calling us to. We have to have conversations with God the Father. And we have to say, what, it, what is it that you would have me give? And it's not just about money. One of the most precious things that we can give to God the Father in building His kingdom is time. How many of us waste a lot of time? How many of us sit for hours and watch cat videos on YouTube? How many of us sit for hours and watch television? And I'm not saying any of those things are bad. What I'm saying is, you should be having conversations with God about how you use your time. 
What time can I give to building the kingdom of God so that more people can know Him? Think about the mission that God has put us on. Paul's not suggesting that we think about it with our heads. He wants us to decide with our hearts where the Holy Spirit lives. That's where we need to think. That's where we need to experience this idea of giving. And the result, when we rely on the Holy Spirit to tell us what to give financially, in time, in resources, in emotion, the result is that we will be cheerful givers if we obey what the Holy Spirit tells us. And I can't come to you, I can't, I can't go uh, to Sam and say, Sam, I think the Holy Spirit wants you to give $5,000 to the church. The Holy Spirit has told me that he wants you to give $5,000 to the church. That's not how it works. Sam has his relationship with Jesus Christ. Sam has his relationship with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit tells Sam, Sam, I think you should give $5. I think you should give $5,000. I think you should give $50,000. That's the way this is supposed to work. And our giving, our money, our time, our resources, our energy, our emotions, everything that we have and everything that we are, Paul says, are used as seeds in the kingdom of heaven. That's why he uses this analogy. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. If we are in step with the Holy Spirit and we understand what the Holy Spirit wants us to do, we're going to be cheerful. And the Holy Spirit is going to use what we give to expand the kingdom of God exponentially. We are going to reap bountifully if we obey the Holy Spirit. And we can be cheerful givers because, and this is where Paul goes on, he says, God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. God is going to give you everything you need. Not necessarily everything you want. But God is going to give you everything you need so that you may abound in every good work. As it is written... He has distributed freely. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. God has given to everyone everything. He who supplies seed to the sower. In this analogy, we are the sower. God is providing seed for us. He provides seed for the sower and bread for food. He will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increasing the harvest of your righteousness. And we start to see here, Paul's not just talking about food. Paul's not just talking about money. Paul is talking about building our discipleship in Jesus Christ. He is talking about working for the kingdom of God and by working for the kingdom of God the way the Holy Spirit instructs us to do that, we 
will have a harvest of righteousness. God will look at us on that final day that Carolyn was talking about when she was thanking God that Jesus is coming soon. And God will look at you and He will say, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful. You have been faithful with the seed that I have supplied to you. You have been faithful with the bread I have given to you. You have been faithful with that jump shot. You have been faithful with being able to lead students. You have been faithful in working the farm. You have been faithful in driving that truck. You have been faithful. You have been faithful. You have been faithful. You have done all of those things as if you were working for me. Well done, good and faithful servant. And we can be cheerful in our giving because God the Father is our provider. He gives us everything. So really, when we give, are we, are we giving of our provision? No, we're giving of God's provision. He provides for us. And all we're doing is giving back. God gives us everything we need. Anything that is abundance over that, we should be giving back. We should be providing for the poor. We should be visiting the widow and the orphan in their distress. We should be going and feeding people. We should be going and clothing people. We should be doing with what God has provided to us. God provides us with everything. And Paul says, you will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. When you give to somebody else, even though they might not understand this concept, when you give to somebody else and they are thankful, they are really being thankful to God. Because you are God's ambassador. You are God's representative. You are taking all of the things that God has given to you and giving it to them so that they have enough. So that they are fed and clothed and cared for. And this produces thanksgiving to God in all people who we serve. And at this time of year, we are ultra focused on giving. Christmas time, right? This is when everything starts. We did the shoe boxes, right? We, did, we turned those in in November. We've got the angel trees. And really, I, I encourage you, there's four angels out there still left. I think three boys and a girl. If you haven't done it already, pick one up. You have no idea how much fun it is to shop for a 12-year-old boy that's not yours. And you just get a list. Oh, he needs boots and he needs uh, snow stuff and he needs this and he needs that. Okay. And just, you just go and you shop and you wrap it up. You don't even get to see his face when he opens it. But I have no doubt he's going to be thankful. And the good news is he's going to be thankful to God. Even though he thinks he's thanking me, he's thanking God. So I encourage you to do that. But we do that this time of year. We buy gifts for the, for the angel tree ministry. We donate food to, to New Hope Ministries. We give clothing to community aid. We do all of these things. 
we focus our giving usually in December. And there are statistics that say that uh, nonprofit organizations like New Hope, like Adam's Rescue Mission, all of those, they receive 25 to 30% of all of their giving in December. Can you imagine getting your salary, 30% of your salary only in December? These organizations try to help people year-round. And what ends up happening, and I've seen that, I've talked to uh, people from New Hope, not here in New Oxford, but up in Dillsburg, they actually sometimes end up wasting the food that is donated because they don't have enough families to give it to before it expires, because it all comes in at once. And we think about these things. We focus our giving. We should be focusing our giving year-round. Because guess what? People are in need year-round. But it's always been like this in Western civilization. Has anybody ever read uh, A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens? I love that story of A Christmas Carol. And very, very early in the story, a fundraiser comes into Ebenezer Scrooge's office on Christmas Eve. And he says something telling. He says this. He says, we choose this time. He's talking about Christmas time. We choose this time because it is a time of all others when want is keenly felt and abundance rejoices. This time above all others, want is keenly felt and abundance rejoices. And I don't know that I agree with that. Because I think that want is keenly felt 365.25 days of the year. I don't think people are standing around waiting to be poor until December. They are poor year-round. They need year-round support. Whether that's money or or articles of clothing or food or time, whatever it is, they need it year-round. And maybe Christmas is a more visible time of want, but I don't think want is more keenly felt on December 25th than it is any other day of the year. Why should we wait for the Christmas season to sow the seeds that lead to righteousness and thanksgiving? Because that's what we're supposed to do as Christians. We are to sow the seeds that lead to righteousness and, and thanksgiving to God. Paul says in verses 12 through 15, the ministry of this service is not only supplying the needs of the saints, but is also overflowing in many thanksgivings to God. By their approval of this service, they will glorify God because of your submission that comes from your confession of the gospel of Christ and the generosity of your contributions for them and for all others. Yes, Paul is talking about the ministries here, but he is also talking about taking care of business for everybody. He is talking about feeding and clothing everybody because that is what we are supposed to do. While they long for you and pray for you because of the surpassing grace of God upon you. And he ends this passage, thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. The very first thing, if somebody asks what you're thankful for, even if you don't say it, 
the very first thing that comes into your mind, I pray, is I am thankful that Jesus Christ died on the cross for me so that I don't have to spend eternity apart from God. We thank God for His inexpressible gift. The only gift that matters. And when Jesus Christ died for us, and we repented, and we said Jesus Christ is our Lord and our Savior, our hearts were supposed to be changed. Our heart attitude was supposed to be changed about everything. What we say, what we do, how we give, where we go. And Paul is saying here that when we obey the will of God, when we obey the voice of the Holy Spirit that lives in our hearts, we will see that it's about God's generosity to us, not our generosity to other people. We ought to be as generous to others as God is to us. And when we see our money and our time and our talent and our resources not as something that we've earned, I earned this. I deserve this. When we stop seeing it that way and we have our hearts changed and we see that everything that we have gotten is a gift of God, that we deserve nothing, God has promised to give us what we need. And when we start to understand that, when we start to change our hearts, we can be cheerful givers and we can be thankful givers. Cheerful because we want other people to know who Jesus Christ is and thankful because we know who Jesus Christ is. And when we allow ministry to happen for the poor, they're going to be thankful. They're going to be thankful because we gave, but really they're going to be thankful to God. Because we are thankful to God for the gifts that He has showered on us. Christmas time is coming up, and there are a lot of opportunities to give. But let's not wait until the Christmas season to do the thing that God has called us to do 365 days a year. Let's not wait. Let's be thankful to God for all that He has given to us and thankful to God that we can give to others in our time and in our money and in our resources and in our energy. This is what we are called to this week of Thanksgiving, this season of Christmas, and all the rest of the year. Would you pray with me? <coughs> Heavenly Father, we thank You. We thank You for everything. We thank You for the air in our lungs. We thank You for the water that we drink, the food that we eat. We thank You for our families, our friends, our church community. 
We thank You for the food that we're getting ready to eat up in the social hall. Father, help us if we have not had a heart change through the Holy Spirit. Open our eyes. Show us who Your Son Jesus Christ is. Show us what we have done, what He has done for us. Bring us to a state of repentance. And Father, if we know who Jesus is already, if we have repented, if we call Him Lord and Savior, we ask that You would make the Holy Spirit speak loudly in our hearts. We ask that You would give us the will, that You would give us the desire to be cheerful givers that You would give us the desire to care for those who can't care for themselves. Jesus said, the poor You will have with You always. And Lord, we see them every single day. Let us not become so used to giving when we're supposed to that we forget to give when others need us to. Father, help us to make the decision that our money, our homes, our cars, our clothing, our time, our resources, our talents, they are not ours. They are yours to use as you would call us to use them. And Father, we thank you for the gift, the inexpressible gift of Jesus Christ. Father, we pray that you will bless the food that we're about to eat this morning. Bless the fellowship. Let our conversations be about how we can continue to build your kingdom using all that you have given us. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. As you celebrate with family and friends this week, as you gather together as you have your arguments and fights, as you have your times of understanding and forgiveness. Be thankful to God because He has given us Jesus Christ so that we might know Him and live with Him forever. Show that to your family this week. Show that to your friends and purpose in your hearts that you will listen for the Holy Spirit to instruct you on how to give of all of the things that God has given to you. God bless you this week.